You are listening to Jair, 88 FM. Good morning, folks, and welcome to another edition of 10K Radius, brought to you by MGM Productions, Macy, Mendel, and Gabrielle. We're uh, a little short of staff this morning because Morris, Macy, has got something else to do. What is he doing, Mendel? Uh, good morning, First of all, to you, Gary Bokatov, and good morning to all the listeners. Uh, Moishi's away on uh, some... Uh, Sabbatical? Geschäften oh. leave. He's got a bit of uh, business to tie up with a meeting on okay. Zoom with Microsoft or something to do with his new business. We wish him well. Hatzlacha, mm. Parnosa, and Habracha. Three blessings we give him. Yeah, whatever. And uh, so we're minus Morris today. But Morris Minor. Yeah, but we've got some special guests. You can tell. We've got some special guests. We've got Yechiel Grinneman from Israel, and his brother Sam Green. Shalom. 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 Everybody knows Sam. Everyone. Uh, Welcome to the studio, gentlemen. Nice to be back with a cup of tea in my hand. Yeah. um, (laughs) Thanks for inviting me. You'll be the subject of our segment, The Lives of Others, because of the film showing at uh, the Jewish Film Festival. Jif, yeah. Jewish International Film Festival. I wonder why it's international. Well, it It only plays in Australia. No. Yeah, but both sides are core films. The films are from all over the world. It goes into other countries as well, but not this format. This goes to uh, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, Canberra. Gold Coast, Perth, and Hobart. Gee, there's a. I don't think they've ever had it in Hobart. They're the subject of the film Revenge, Our Dad, the Nazi Killer, by director Benny M- Ben Moshe. We'll address him as Doctor, actually. He's a very talented man. We'll talk about him. Doctor later. of Medicine or Doctor? No. Danny, Associate Danny. Professor, a Deacon. Oh, he's got a portfolio and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play the disclaimer so we know what we're talking about. Or we can talk about anything if we play the disclaimer. Sounds like a Scottish band, the disclaimer. Yeah, the proclaimers you're thinking about, Gary. I could walk 500 miles. I heard it this morning. It's a great song. They they only had two hits. Another one after that, and that was the end of them. They had a hit at the end of the film, too. (laughs) That's true, yeah. I had a hit at golf. Uh, Okay, here's a disclaimer. Responsible for the views and opinions expressed by its presenters or guests. J-Air presents a wide variety of views and opinions, which is to the benefit and purpose of community radio. Today is Friday the 3rd of November, 2023, day 307 of 365. 
uh, after today, there are 58 days left of 2023. Uh, what day is it from October 7th? How many? Tomorrow will be four weeks. Four weeks yeah. of the war in Israel, yeah. in the Gaza Strip. The war against Hamas. We're not fighting against the Palestinians, don't forget. We're fighting against terrorism. Yep. Leading the world in that regard, I would say. There's a lot of misinformation floating around. We'll ask our mm. guest, Yechiel, about that. Fake news. Because he lives in Israel. Yep, yep. And came over to Australia, to Melbourne, just because of the film. A lot of people will remember uh, Yechiel, better known as John Green. In his days Green. in Melbourne, a habanim madrich, and uh, he went to Melbourne High with a whole lot of probably 90% Jewish uh, students in in your year. Uh, there were a lot of Jews lot in of Melbourne Jews, High then, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've been in Israel 50 years. I went there in 73. Um, and uh, you're asking me about the situation today. Well, you know, I've been traveling for a while. We went from Israel to a family wedding. My wife's American in Philadelphia and then came here. The main reason we scheduled to come here was a film, but there are other reasons now. I just published a second novel, uh, which came out a few weeks ago, and I hadn't seen it yet because uh, deliveries in Israel were disrupted. It was printed in America, uh, which is called The Partisan's Coat. So um, I obviously want to give a plug to my novel that just came out. We'll, we'll do that in a few minutes. I'll just run through what's on the program first. Uh, and then you can have as much time as you like. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but that's the Jewish way of speaking. No? <laughs> um, we light candles this evening at 7.38 and shove ends tomorrow at 8.30. I believe the Arab is kosher and the partial of the week is by error. I've got Shabbos ending at 8.40. 8.40. P.M. Candlelighting seven. You could be right because my typing is not the best these days. Ah. If it starts at seven thirty-eight, it must be at least twenty-five seven. hours. Yeah. yeah. So probably, probably eight forty. Yeah. You can look it up on the Chabad websites. Uh, daylight saving started in October the first. I hate it. Ends. It ends on the seventh of April. It started in Israel just recently. John, I think as well, daylight saving. I think yep. two yeah, weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the, uh, the, the, the end of daylight saving in Israel, correct? Yep. Yeah. Pasha Vayera yep. means and he appeared and is found in Genesis 18.1. And uh, it has very powerful associations, unfortunately, because the story of the sacrifice of a- Isaac, yeah, the Akedah, appears there. Yep. Talk about that in the second hour, our Torah topic, yeah. And as is, uh, we've got around the shtadel some twatums, minus Morris. That Morris Minor is a great little car, but Morris is not here. Yeah, some Yiddish, a couple of jokes, some music, Pasha of the Week, shout-outs, and the return of the dreaded blower back of 594 Inkerman Road. That gives me the irrits. Sorry to harp on. Uh, National Days of the Year are celebrated in, in the United States are National Sandwich Day. Got that one, Mendel? Mm. Everyone should have a sandwich. <laughs> Again, yeah. a bit peckish. 
Let's have a look. Ja- National Sandwich Day, Japanese <laughs> Culture Day, yeah, Love Your Culture lo- Day, yeah. Love Your Lawyer Day. <laughs> what do you wh- What do you got when you got a hundred lawyers buried up to their neck in sand? Lawyers in love. No, a good start. <laughs> uh, National Cliche Day. Oh, now new to me. F- funny earthworms used to be about the impact of the sayings. Funny earworms, not earworms. World Jellyfish Day. Dominican Independence Day. No, don't know that one. Thru- Dominican struggle for freedom against the operation and colonisation on this day. They're using that word a bit too f- against the Eden nowadays. Don't like that. Fountain Pen Day, 3rd of November. Smart Home Day. So, so many young toivu. I don't know where they come up with this. I don't know where they come up with it. Fountain Pen Day, eh? International noch, Gary? International Fountain Pen Day. Yep. Oh dear. <laughs> and ah, uh, oh, here's one. Give someone a dollar day. A dollar may seem small, but it could have significant value to the fir- person receiving it. And this goes back to the little Babacha Rebbe used to give out a dollar every Sunday morning. You'd queue up for hours. It's got a special name. The meeting with the Reb and the handshake, and that's it. Yeah, and a little brother has one of those dollars. Well, Jack. Jack. Yeah, yeah, he that's something it. very oh, spiritual. I've got two of them. There you go. Wow. And I never met the Rebbe. How'd you do that? Oh, a friend gave them to me. Oh, there you go. Worth a mint, Gary. Are they? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Frame them and and you'll and or get a signature author, authenticity. So to prove it, and you're right, from the... Oh, who's going to buy it? Don't worry, Chabad Hasidim will buy it. Oh, for right. sure. Yeah. Love Your Lawyer Days is also celebrated today, Gary. And the list goes on and on. Yeah, well, well, that gives me the irrits, that list. Yeah, huh? enough. Enough already. Enough. Anyway, on this day in uh, history, historical events. Umar bin al Khatab, the second Muslim caliph, is killed in Medina by Lulu, an enslaved Persian captive. Don't know much about that one. The in that was in six hundred and forty-four. It began a division amongst Muslims between Shiites and uh, Sunnis. Is that right? Yeah, yeah that's when it started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we won't go into that. That's all I know. It's a a long, involved story, I would say. It's a long and winding road. Thank you, Sam. In 1534, the English Parliament passes the Act of Supremacy, making Henry VIII and all subsequent monarchs monarchs, head of the Church of England. The first two items we've got in history are religious-based. Now, you're a rabbi, Yechiel. Uh, yeah. Um, what do you think about religion being the centre of all wars <laughs> uh, <laughs> and broiguses around the world? Well, I, uh, religion has been um, a factor in a lot of major wars in history, but in modern times there are other ideologies which have kind of replaced it, like communism, Nazism, fascism. So um, well, if you call those religions, the religion's been there all the time. But um, Well, communism is anti-religion. Yeah, so so it has a basis in... 
I think uh, wars come from human nature. And mm. people find excuses for wars in any ideology. Uh, a lot of it's around turf, around you know, control of territory. Uh, you look at the way monkeys treat each other. They, they fight each other for the little bit of the jungle. Dear, oh dear. We haven't climbed out of the jungle much yet, some people. <laughs> uh, anyway, continuing on with what was happening in history. Uh, in 1640, the English Long Parliament forms, whatever that is. Here's something of interest that we can relate to. In 1906, the International Radio Telegraph Conference in Berlin chooses SOS, three dots, three dashes, three dots, as the worldwide distress signal, as the worldwide standard for help. SOS. Save ourselves. It wasn't the ABBA song. It was an ABBA song, yeah. In uh, 1957, the Soviet Union launches Sputnik 2. Yes, with the famous dog, Gary, I remember, on board. Laika. Laika. There you go. You well, I'm reading it off the script, so I, could, I wasn't... I was around in 1957. Yeah, we were. We were five years old. I don't remember it at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember Sputnik. <laughs> I remember Sputnik. Yeah. It was a... a wasn't it the, the Russians were first into space? They were, yes. Yeah, the Americans were freaked out by that. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine they're freaked out by a lot of things. We'll put someone on the moon. And speaking of, uh, that was in 1957. In 1970, the US well, President yeah. U- Richard Nixon promises a gradual troop removal of, from Vietnam. Another fighting for territory, you feel? It's ours. No, you can't have it. Yes, we want it. Let's fight. Uh, what else have we got? Famous birthday, Stephen Austin. Anyone heard of Stephen Austin? See, actor? Who's no, Austin. Austin. Steve Austin. No, no, it was a Steve Austin actor and yeah, a million dollar man or six million dollar man. Right. Oh, that's right. Hey, this fellow was born in 1793. Before Hollywood. And I'll just tell you, he was... An American settler known as the father of Texas. Well, I am reading off an American website. Blanche Bingley, uh, in 1863, she was a six-time Wimbledon champion tennis player. Born in England, in Greenford in England in the United Kingdom. Uh, I'll just run through these others. William George Barker, I think he was a Canadian war hero. Most decorated serviceman in the history of Canada and in the history of the British Empire and Commonwealth Nation. Commonwealth of Nations. Well, First World War flying ace. Like Baron von Richthofen. Abundant. Abundant. <laughs> of course, yeah, he was, was, he, was like the, he was for the other guys. Yeah. Uh, Alfredo Strosner, 1912 to 2006. He was the president of Paraguay from 1954 to 1989. Had his birthday on this day in 1912. I'll give you a nice Yiddish girl and we wish her a muzzle having a birthday today. 71, Roseanne Barr. 
you know, the American uh, comedian and actress. Yes. She was born on the 3rd of November, 1952, and uh, she had that great um, comedy show from 1988 till 1997. And then again in 2018, there was, uh, I think she made another series. Know much about her, gentlemen? Roseanne? Wasn't there a show called Roseanne? Yes, that was was the name of the show. I remember a local bar family, but not Roseanne. Roseanne Arnold, she was in the show. She was born, Roseanne Cherie Bar. My Cherie Bar. Da, 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 da. And she dropped out of high school in Salt Lake City. I should have dropped out of high school. I would have been a multimillionaire by <laughs> and now. And took up stand-up <laughs> comedy, like a lot of them did, and went on The Tonight Show. And, uh, yeah, she... And uh, she wrote a racist tweet about Valerie Jarrett, a former advisor to Barack Obama. But she apologised later. Oh, that makes it better, doesn't it? <laughs> and uh, she had a lot to do with the um, Peace and Freedom Party. And she, uh, yeah, she's done a bit here and there. She was married to a guy called Tom Arnold. They divorced. He was a comedian as well. And that's it. So wish her a muzzle off, Gary. Uh, she happy, might be listening on, or happy on birthday, streaming. Roseanne. Muslim Lick from Australia. Also, birthdays, celebrity birthdays, uh, Charles Bronston. Yes. 1921. Nice Yiddish boy. No, he wasn't Jewish. Wasn't he? He had half Jewish. Which half? (laughs) (laughs) I heard there there was a rumour that he was. No, I don't think so. He was brought up a Christian. Gerd Muller, the German soccer player, 1945. Died of Alzheimer's disease in 2021. Only a young fella. The Australian tennis player Roy Emerson is 87 today. Won Wimbledon, I think. Wonder him. No. He's from Queensland, I yeah. believe. Yeah, he was good. Larry Holmes, the boxer, yes. 74 today. And Colin Kaepernick, an American footballer, 36 today. Good on you, boys and girls. Muzzle In 1836... The Times of India, the world's largest circulated English language daily broadsheet newspaper, is founded as the Bombay Times and the Journal of Commerce. It's a very powerful magazine, um, newspaper, the Times of India. Famous weddings, Sonny Bono, no, we don't want to know about him. Valentina Tereshkova, cosmonaut 26, weds cosmonaut Andrayan Nikolaev, 34, at the Moscow Wedding Place in 1963. And in 1972, James Taylor, the singer-songwriter, uh, marries American singer-songwriter Carly Simon. You your connection there. Am I right, John? Yeah. I think so. Carly, yeah. Carly Simon's Jewish. You're so vain. Yeah. She wrote that about someone or another actor. They divorced a long time ago. Yeah, famous deaths in history. I'll just run through the names. Constantine, Constantius II, Roman Emperor, Olympia de Gouges, Gouges of Gouges, G-O-U-G-E-S, French Revolution. Annie Oakley. Uh, she was an actress. Yeah? Wasn't she a... That was a play. 
Cowboy? Cowgirl, yeah. yeah. In the Cowboy movies, yeah. Yeah. The musical play. Alfred Wegner. Don't know him. Harlow Curtis. Don't know him. And Mary Martin, the actress. 1913 to 1990. And we must acknowledge the passing of Matthew Perry on October the 28th. A Canadian actor from Friends. Okay, Mendel. Later on in the show, we'll, we'll do the Yiddish thing a bit later, Gary, because I've got quite a bit there. We will uh, commemorate okay. uh, the site of the late Yitzhak Rabin, also later in the show. Okay. Got a little shtickle about him. And a whole lot of other things, Yiddish, Yiddish history on this day. We'll go into it later, Gary. Okay, <laughs> we're going to play a little song now. We nemt be abisalamazel by Karen Feldman. And here we go. Mazel es scheint am Wolf verjeden, verjeden noch nicht von mir. Mazel, du bringst dir jeden Frieden, fall was versammst du mein Tier. Oi, wie es tut bang, jede Schau, das Leben vergeht und kein Hoffnung ist aufs Mittag. Masel, es scheint am Wohl feierten, feierten noch nicht Familie. Wenn es kommt an die Nacht, bleib ich sitzen und tracht, noch hat Hoggi Scheune wieder vorbei. Gekommen, was ich hoff gekommen, was ich ist er weg mit dem Wind euch das Men a bisele mazu, nemt men a bisele glik. Dos redele zol zich dreien, una bringen my mazu zurik. Die Welt is doch beschaffen. Mazel, 
This is Jay Eyre. We're always looking for people with an interest in radio, either presenting your own show or being on the technical side. Become a volunteer now. Head to our website at j-air.com.au. Follow the Get Involved link and click on Become a Volunteer Now. We're all volunteers at Jay Eyre. Nobody gets paid. We all do it because we love doing it. If you'd like to speak to us on the telephone, we do have a telephone. We've given up the tin cans and the piece of string ages ago. We're now in the modern era. So you can call us on 90692086 and you can speak on air or you can send a message via SMS. What does SMS stand for? Short Message Service. I think you're right, Gary, yeah. Zero four zero four double five six nine double eight. If you'd like to join us up as a member, you can go to our website www.j-air.com.au and follow the prompts to the membership page. Fifty-four dollars a year. It's a matzia, and it helps keep the radio station young and vibrant and running. Send money quick. <laughs> now. Our first segment of the day is The Lives of Others. And we're going to talk about the film Revenge, Our Dad the Nazi Killer, which is showing at the Jewish International Film Festival uh, over the next couple of weeks. And I was privileged, Gary, last Sunday to be a guest at the premiere screening of this movie, thanks to Sam and his brother John. I noticed you spell your name J-O-N. Yeah. Oh, that's unusual. Uh, Not J-O-H-N, but you're known as uh, Yechiel. In Sorry, I'm, I'm known as Yechiel, Yechiel. Uh, apart from old friends. My wife still calls me John, and the name John, J-O-N, is what I found on my birth certificate when I got my first passport. Uh-huh. So I like that. It, I like it too. It, I dropped the H. Yeah, saves a lot of ink. <laughs> <laughs> so in the studio at the moment, we have Yechiel Grilliman and his brother Sam Green who are subject of part of the movie, and they're going to tell us about how they become... Movie stars. Movie stars. Yes, and what a great... I recommend everybody go and see this movie. Fascinating history, together with the... um, the, f- the family footage on in colour of, from old 8mm and 16mm movies, that really gives makes the movie. It's just, uh, I think it's 110 minutes total. 101. Oh, 101 now. It says on the publicity on the website. Oh, 101. 101. Yeah. Okay, nine minutes I won't argue with. It's in English <laughs> and it's directed by Danny ben Moshe. Yeah. And it's classified 15 plus, unclassified 15 plus. What does that mean? I think you have to rate all the films that are shown in public. It means it doesn't have a classification. It's not a horror film, it's not a pornographic film, uh, it's not an X rated, not an R rated. Uh, so 
We've got three quarters it's of a the historical documentary, Gary. Yeah. We've got um, three quarters of the of the Green Brothers in the studio. The other two thirds. Two thirds. Oh, three. <laughs> no no wonder we haven't won the lottery. No wonder, Gary. <laughs> now, now the third member would be busy at this stage of uh, the day. Uh, Doctor Jack Green. Is, yeah, he's uh, in his clinic, probably. Yeah, he's the youngest out of the three. And uh, interesting f- fact in the film that uh, Dr. Jack was born when uh, Boris, your father, was 53 uh, years of age. Wow. And, he, and also we uh, will tell listeners about uh, John being the eldest, 72, are you? 72 years of age? 72. Born 72 51, and right. Sam the younger I'm boy. 69999. And soon, <laughs> next year, the big 7-0. Oh, yeah. Big. January the 2nd. Correct? Yeah, there'll be a cup of coffee for everyone coming over. Mazel tov. Yom haledet shivim. Sam, we're going to have a big celebration. Let me read some of the... It happens that my wife, Debbie, was born on the same... Exactly the same day. Really? So it's in the time. Let's talk about the film. Yeah, let's get into it. In the publicity blurb on the website, it says about the film... Revenge Our Dad the Nazi Killer. In the late 1940s, Holocaust survivors emigrated to Australia via boat. On these same boats were thousands of Nazis and Nazi collaborators from the Baltic and other states, some of whom were given safe passage by the Australian authorities despite their known history of war crimes. That's a good lead mm. into the yeah. film. A little shocking bit of information. Mm. When, yeah. when three brother Melbourne brothers, Jack, John and Sam, stumble upon a family secret, they embark on a journey to uncover the truth. The MS, correct? That's, the Emet. That's where you come in, yep. Neil and Sam. Well, um, I, at my end of things, the story starts with a writing. I wrote a novel about 2008. It was published called Far Away From Where, which amongst other things, about a third of it is the boat journey from... Europe of DPs, refugees to Australia, and there's a murder on that boat. Um, and there's a character who's central in that story called Bora, who's based on Boris, who's based on my dad. Uh, and he was a partisan. And writing that book led me uh, to start bringing up memories. It was fiction, but in fact, it was about a guy killing Nazis in Germany. Which is based on truth. Um, yeah, it was based on what I'd heard from my dad. I have an MA in Holocaust studies. Also, I'd look for my dad in footnotes and you know in books, whatever. And um, one of my conversations with my brother Jack, I told him that I remembered something about um, meeting in our home, people speaking Yiddish. I can a Yiddish. I understood. Um, overheard. We weren't allowed in the room, and they were very upset about Nazis in Australia. And then I remembered that my dad went up to Sydney and I found a body in the Parramatta River. I told Jack that, and Jack was shocked. He's a lot younger. At that yeah. stage, your dad was only implicated, is the big word here. Well, there's but no proof. No, uh, no, but this is where you have... timing is everything, and uh, some of us tap dance in different ways. We don't want to give too much away of the movie, but the film goes and traces your... Your late father, Oliver Sholem's background from the war and how he actually set up this brigade of partisans. And after the war, this is the key thing, they continued to to roam the forests in Belarus, as it was known then, and hunt, hunt down... Now Belarus. 
Yeah. White Russia. Hunt down Nazi killers. Hello, Russia. Trained squads, which th- uh, uh, the movie shows this, how they uh, hid and... Uh, uh, and, <laughs> and, the, and and actually achieved a lot of success in their favour. You know, such was the power of uh, Boris Green and uh, these other chaps. And uh, He said, my father said uh, everything was uh, just timing. He was in a position to do where others weren't in a position to revenge or, or um, pick up arms and... Uh, John, let's tell the how many were slaughtered from the Grinnerman family, which brought about this intensity to to, get to the revenge. Well, Big I, family of fourteen, I believe. There were nine brothers and nine sisters. Brothers. Yeah. Um, so two survived, my dad and his older brother. Fimmer, yeah, who Fimmer. gets a big role in the movie. Boris yeah. and Fimmer. Um, we went to with the movie to Vilna, or Vilnius they call it, and looked for the house in which there were a lot of Granny Munts because it was a very extended, big extended family. Well, let me tell the, li- uh, the listeners that your Zayda, your grandfather, was a Rav. Yeah, I'm named after him, yeah. Yechiel. And now you're a Rav as well, so you're following yeah. in the footsteps and the tradition. Yeah, um, so um, uh, Shulamit, Yechiel's wife, was from Vilna, and um, uh, we didn't go to Belarus. I went to Belarus previously to my dad's shtetl and uh, said El Malay Rachamim and lit a candle with Jack. Um, this is after these conversations. We went on a roots tour, which was pretty challenging emotionally. We didn't go back there. There was COVID with the film. There was COVID. And also there were problems with the dictatorship in Belarus. There were like... Um, I think, uh, repression of uh, democratic movement at the time. So the best the film crew could do was take us back to Vilna, where the family was originally from, and some of the family were um, still living at the time of the Holocaust. Actually, we had uh, we go back uh, to Vilna with the Vilna co- uh, going, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Vilna gone, yeah. There is a thought... Jack argues with me on that. No, the, the, I, my I dad said we were related or descendants of. Yeah, I met I met some of the rabbis in in, in Jerusalem. Who told me that he they he was they they married one of our our family, the Vilna Gowan, uh, married a Greenerman. But the Gre- the uh, the Greenerman that was there was a study partner. They said uh, so. They studied yeah. in, the, in the Talmudic scholars that they yeah. were. A v- very brief story, why my name is Greniman and not Green. Um, you know, I was a Zionist, so I was in Habonim. Mm. Uh, and when I was about to get married, my wife and I, Debbie, were uh, thinking of changing our names to a Hebrew name. We had a list of names. You know, Ben-Gurion was a Green. He wasn't related. I don't know what it was, Greenbaum, Greenberg, and whatever. We talked that a lot. Yeah, and uh, I called my dad. I had a lot of respect for my dad. Um, and um, he said, don't change the name from uh, what it was because there are a family in Israel by the name of uh, uh, Granny Mun. It's a respected from family. And you're living in a Jewish country. You should feel free to use the name. So I, took, I honored my dad's wish. Mm. In the movie, they talk about, correct me if I'm wrong, John, Noremenko. That was the name of the brigade he set up. In the fighter, Nakoma. Nakoma. I knew I had something with it then. Nakoma. You tell listeners why he chose that name. 
Nakama, Nikama in Hebrew and Nakama in Yiddish, it's the same word, means revenge. Revenge. And they chose that name because that's what they wanted. Mm. Um, It was the the unit was disbanded by the Stalinist orders, by the local commissar after a number of months. Mm. They said, you guys are causing more anti-Semitism. They took weapons away from some of the people. Mm. Uh, My dad was transferred back to the command post with a Colonel Markov. Markov. and uh, some of the guys in that unit left and were slaughtered. They never made it. Um, mm. There was a guy called Yaakov. Uh, um, oh, no, I don't remember his name. He was the head of the Jewish police in Vilna who escaped. Yeah. I heard some of them and actually they were, went to... They lost their lives. I heard that some of them from that unit actually went all the way to uh, Berlin and uh, near the last days of Berlin. And they, they survived yeah. the war too. Yes. After all... Yeah. Uh, after that, the, f- the the movie proceeds to show Boris's um, how he sets up the the Katsetla, the partisan movement in Melbourne, and it's got some beautiful footage. And I remember this when I was a kid attending the Melbourne Jewish Cemetery there in uh, Parkville e- each year. Carlton, Parkville, yeah. yeah, and it shows footage there of, of the late uh, Rabbi Chaim Gutnik addressing a big crowd of uh, to remember the. Um, Uprising of the Warsaw Ghetto and Holocaust Day, they combined it. And uh, your f- late father was a, a big macher in, in this, to, to run this each year and continue to run it for many years at the uh, Melbourne uh, General Cemetery in Carlton there. And then he uh, goes on um, and has a lot to do with the uh, the Katsetla meetings around Melbourne. They had they show footage of the the early uh, fundraisers for Israel and uh, the balls, and it was a it was a society. And these uh, they had quite a big following at one stage. And the film brings this all out to trace how he stood up and he wasn't a bystander, and he continued. And behind the partisans comes in this. Uh, the link with the uh, the Nazis on board that same ship that your parents. One can, one uh, small co- co- correction: Katzetna Verband was the organization of ex-concentration camp inmates mm. and partisans. There weren't Both. that many partisans. There were a couple, few. Mm. My friend David Zinger's father was a partisan. I remember. Okay. Um, and um, my we had a, there was a lot of material for the film. That it doesn't go in. There were 90 hours. Wow. And uh, so it's, uh, was it it's an condensed. hour and a half? Yeah. And then on TV next year, it'll be two-part, two-part. documentary. Uh, so it's a little more. But there's a scene where they meet in my brother Jack's um, uh, living room for a brunch, Sunday brunch. And my fr- friend Steve Wagan um, remembered just the first time they brought ashes from Europe to be buried in that cemetery. Mm. He remembers how emotional uh, people were. Mm. I don't think my dad bought us. I, I don't remember uh, going we, there. We lit I, candles uh, for we, the... We, we, were we there? I, I, was, I, I, I lit a candle. I was the youngest there. I, was, I think you lit a candle next to me too. Um, oh, so my memory's not so wonderful. We, we, we were the youngest and... It was a traumatic event. I, uh, I, Steve remembered people crying. Mm. They didn't have oh, graves, yeah. and so they had the possibility of burying a few ashes there. Mm. Um, and my dad was the one who organized that. Yeah, I was about six or seven or something. The, the publicity says, and I'll quote, when three Melbourne brothers, Jack, John and Sam, stumble upon a family secret, they embark on a journey to uncover the truth. 
How did you stumble on the secret? And what is the secret? Well, um, the secret's in the film. You must go and see the film. Exactly. If not, if not well, seeing if the film, you must buy well, the book. It all boils down to this. They hire, in the movie, this, he played a private investigator from Sydney. I forgot the chap's name. He was... John. Uh, John. 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 Yeah. He was in the police force. Garvey, I think. Garvey. John Garvey, yeah. Lovely guy. Has a leading role in the movie because he gets some information and uh, all told there were, according to some figures, 800 uh, alleged Nazis and Nazi collaborators in Australia at that time. Mass murderers. Mass murderers, correct. No no one was ever extradited. No one was ever put on trial. Mm. There was a commission set up, I think, under Bob Hawke, and they found that uh, uh, something like 600 of them were either dead, had either committed suicide, Mm. uh, or just disappeared. 640. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which yeah. is amazing. It's a it huge is. number. E- extremely large. It was worse in the United States. They had thousands of Nazi collaborators, including the uh, well-known Werner von Braun, who used was developed their space program. Yeah. yeah. And he used to send rockets over to kill people from Nazi Germany. Anyway, that's another story. The publicity also says, allegedly, their father Boris, a World War II partisan and Holocaust survivor, travelled from Melbourne, where he had settled after the war, to Sydney in the late 50s to undertake a revenge killing against the Nazi. What do you know about that? Well, I, I said earlier, I, it, writing my first novel jogged my memory, yeah. and then going to East Europe added to that. And I told Jack that I remembered... I don't, Sam has a wonderful, uh, strong memory like my mum. I'm a little vague, so what I do to fill in the gaps is make up stories. That's why I'm a writer, (laughs) right? Um, I I know he went up to Sydney. I know he went to Sydney. I know they found uh, an unidentified body, and I know that there was a, a lot of talk about some... Nazi that had gone to Sydney. In the film, we discover that it wasn't about one guy. It was, it was a lot bigger than that. Mm, mm. And in the movie, also uh, your uncle Fimmer, being an ex-explosive expert, True. is linked with some of these uh, alleged murders as well. Because one of them commits suicide. There's there's um, the evidence shows that uh, the uh, autopsy shows that there's uh, an explosive on his head or something. That it's his head uh, was blown off. Blown, yeah, you go, yeah. Headless body. But they found. Uh, it was suicide. They, they, that's they what they recorded. It. They a lot it. They of wrote it down. So the it was suicide. I don't know how he did it. And Detective John says these are very strange suicides. Mm. Very but strange. The movie shows the exact uh, what's written in the records. How these Nazis. Uh, were killed or, 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 or were suicide cases, and there's a lot of mystery about it, isn't there? Which uh, which you've got to see the film to uh, really appreciate it. How did Danny Ben Moshe become involved? Did you approach him or did he approach you? Uh, my brother Jack approached him. My ja- Jack was the locomotive to have this film happen. And the story that I heard, and I was in Jerusalem, and I think Sam wasn't there. There was a party in Balnaring. Uh, Jack has a, a place in Balnaring. And he, uh, Danny crashed the party. And they had a conversation. 
And um, later on, uh, they swapped phone numbers or something. Later on, Jack contacted Danny and said, I'd like to find out more about uh, my father. You're an academic. Uh, you know about you know, that kind of research, historical research. Maybe you'll help me. Can we finance someone? Do you know someone to dig around more? Danny thought about it, got back to uh, uh, Jack and said, look, I've, a lot of people ask me about films, um, but you're not asking me about a film, but I think there's material for a film. Let me pitch it, see if we can get some money to make a film about this. And he, he did uh, finance a researcher, and the researcher came back and said there's a lot more to this than... than, than Meets uh, the eye. Than, mm. Yeah. Danny Ben-Moish is uh, quite a talented uh, yeah. lad. He's the Associate Pro- Professor at Deakin University in Melbourne. Some of his other movies include that famous one that I love, uh, The Outback Rabbis. Brilliant movie. Uh, Shalom Bollywood, the untold story of uh, Indian cinema. He did that about 10 years ago. I, re- f- I recommend that one. It was yeah, you were telling fun. us before yeah. the show, a great comedy, to, uh, especially this time of the year where we need a bit of a distraction. He did uh, My Mother's Lost Children. Uh, some six years ago. He did a few documentaries about the Adas Yisrael, the big uh, stories, their closed society and their different world. He did a couple about uh, Jewish life in Melbourne during COVID. And uh, he's... um, He's a well well respected researcher. Not only here, but overseas as well. And at one stage, I was mentioning to you, gentlemen, he was chairman of the uh, B'nai B'rith Anti-Defamation Foundation or Society, and he was presented with the Commonwealth Centenary of Federation Medal for Leadership Against and Research into Racism in Australia uh, back in 2001. Uh, He did a documentary about the Buchenwald Boys, about uh, their, how they survived after the Holocaust. And another movie he did was uh, The End of the Rainbow. You heard of that one? That was screened on ABC television in Australia some 13 years ago about live music. So he's done in Melbourne about the Rainbow Hotel. Sam, remember that famous uh, pub in uh, Fitzroy? Uh, yeah, vaguely. Yep, and uh, we, you know, we give him a big shout-out, Gary. Max? No, I've went there many times to see some good bands. and uh, so He also ran into, ran into some problems with the Chinese. He made a film about the Chinese student uh, re- rebellion. Ah, the massacre. Tiananmen Square. Yeah, yeah and I think I uh, people were interviewed. Uh, they covered their faces so they wouldn't get into trouble. And apparently they contacted him and threatened him. This is way back, but yeah. Mm. Well, the film is showing at the Classic Cinema in Elswick every day. It's a classic, I see. And it's also showing at the Ritz Cinema in Randwick at 4.10. Yep. And at 4.30 at the Classic in Elswick. And it's on tomorrow, Sunday, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Saturday. So it's on three or four days a week. You'll have to look up the exact times. Have you had any reaction to the film yet? Yes. I was at a meeting uh, yesterday, my wife and I, with uh, people from the local shul. They, uh, 20 people were there, and a few of them had seen the film, and they said that was incredible, and they were really moved by it. I got together with some mates from Melbourne High uh, for breakfast the day before, 
And one of them says to me, my friend, I think it was Michael says, uh, Goldberg says, my friend George Olstein here was sitting in the cinema uh, with tears in his eyes. And George comes up to me with his phone and shows me a picture of a forest that looks just like the forest that I'd gone to with the film in Ponnery, in Ponnar. says, yeah, that's where my uh, family was buried when they were murdered by the Nazis. So the film was very, people were, felt a personal connection with the story. We all did, yeah. And, and I've already heard, I've only been here a week, a number of people tell me, I think my dad was involved in something like that too. So it was a lot bigger and it was very much covered up, understandably covered up. Than I remember. Well, why do you think it was covered up? <laughs> well, I mean, knocking off Nazis, uh, uh, you know, uh, doesn't look so good to the regular Australian. I mean, you're killing people here, right? You're, you're taking justice into your own hands. Is, in the, uh, Not in many the, people yeah. knew that there was a resistance at all. No. Not in Melbourne. The, no, the younger generation know, would know, not have known that. No. It's kept quiet, whatever. I, I, I can w- add a little history. Sorry, I'm interrupting you. By all means. Uh, a, a little history. There's this fellow called Abba Kovna. He was a leader of the, uh, he was the leader of the Vilna ghetto underground. And he fled to the forest when they liquidated the ghetto and set up another partisan group. Abba Kovna and our dad were buddies. Uh, Abba Kovna was uh, someone who pressured the Mossad to chase after Nazis. And he probably is a background to them hopping Eichmann in Argentina. Mm-hmm. We found there was correspondence between partisans around the world, ex-partisans. They knew each other in the different places they lived. My dad got letters from a buddy, uh, Kaczyginski was his name, in Buenos Aires about the Nazis infiltrating the police in uh, Argentina. And uh, we have records of speeches he made in the Katsetna Verband saying we've got to stop the Nazis before they get off the ground here in Australia. So not just justice uh, or revenge, but also uh, prevention or protection of the Jewish community into the future Mm. was what this was about. How relevant is this today, Gary, when we have Mm. these... uh, Luckily, we have these laws that have come in, banning the Nazi salute and... uh, and uh, sale of merchandise eventually is going to be tightened up. But it's a never-ending battle, isn't it, to yeah. combat these I things? for every generation we have uh, people that are uprised and we have to put them down, that's it. This is 10K Radius on 88FM, J-Air, and we're talking about the film Revenge, Our Dad the Nazi with Yechiel Grenneman and his brother Sam Green. Fred- Freedom must prevail. I'd like to give a short plug to my new novel. Yes, it's called The Partisan's Coat. You'll have to pay for (laughs) (laughs) The Partisan's Coat. Yeah, tell us about it. I pressured the publisher to get it out in time for the film, thinking the film is a marketing opportunity. Mm. And you asked earlier uh, whether I came out for the film. That was the original plan. Mm. But there were two other reasons. One was the book, The Partisan's Coat, which is up on Amazon now. Um, Mazo Publishers, M-A-Z-O, is a publishing company, American. Um, um, and um, it's available now in two bookshops, Jeffreys in Glenira Road and Avenue in Glen Huntley. Um, and right. the third reason uh, is a, a, a consequence of what happened uh, in Israel now. Um, we almost canceled the trip because I've got kids there uh, in bomb shelters and 
and feel, felt needed. Um, um, but one of my kids got up and joined the evacuation of Australians. He has Australian citizenship and came here. So then, okay, I've got a son and three grandchildren who just arrived in Melbourne, and Jack is being wonderfully hospi- hos- hospitable, but I felt like they might need a little grandparent support as they're trying to get a job set up. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason I'm here. Fantastic. And what you you came out from Israel before October the seventh or after October? No, no, we were there on October the seventh. In our building, uh, we emptied all the junk out of our bomb shelter, uh, put our moved our chairs from the sukkah into Mm -hmm. the bomb shelter. There were three. Azakot, what do you call them? Three alarms in Jerusalem. Jerusalem hasn't had a lot, and all the people in the building went down to the bomb shelter until they got the all clear to go out again. Uh, we had my son from Belsheva bring his uh, wife and three kids that were living with us uh, for the first week of the war. And uh, we went out with El Al. Other flights were canceled. Uh, in fact, the other reason we were traveling is a family wedding. My wife's American in, in the States, in Philadelphia. Mazel tov. Neri, uh, the boy, came out. His children are uh, three and a half and uh, two and uh, seven months or something. When they first came out, the, the kids were traumatized from, uh, from uh, all the activity. And he got them out quickly. He made the mind, the mind up to, to, to get the flight and he came out just in time. We're looking after him because part of the family. What family about, that sticks together, sticks together. Yeah, and I, we're to praise return. Scopus School. That would be wonderful. What are our plans to return home? Uh, we're planning to leave as scheduled, uh, all things being well, uh, in a week's time. 13th of November, we're flying home again. And Neri, when it's, when it's peace, will go back. Yeah, the, the kids are older, you said. Um, Tamar is five. Hi. Uh, Lilach is three and a half. And Hi. the little one is, is eight months old. Oh, we've only got a couple of minutes yeah. left before the hour. Gary, Go we, ahead. we should yeah. tell lis- uh, listeners about uh, this. Is it's more than a thrilling documentary, but uh, it uh, begs the question: Do you ever really know your parents' background? Especially in my case, my mother was the sole survivor uh, uh, from a family of uh, seven siblings. And her twin sister died in Auschwitz. She survived, and Gary's uh, you have similar stories. And uh, my grandparents emigrated from Poland before the war, but all their the rest of their family were from Poland Mm. around Częstochowa. They're no longer uh, in existence, as you might (laughs) realize. Three million Jews in Poland before the war, and three thousand afterwards. So. Mm. There's a good chance they were wiped out. Yeah. How did you feel you, uh, ha- when you l- learnt the, 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 the contents of the... Mer- you know, seeing it and the morality side? I want to ask, first of all, Sam and then John. Well, I, was went, ju- I went through a process. Look, yeah. I, look, I, I retired recently, but I was um, active. I'm a, a Mesotique, conservative rabbi. Mm, yeah. I was a congregational rabbi for a while, but for 12 years I worked for an organization called Rabbis for Human Rights. I remember, yes. And I have contact with Palestinians in the West Bank. Mm. We organized um, protection. Interfaith type speaking, thing. Multicultural. Interfaith stuff. Didn't, doesn't work. Uh, and <laughs> and I was challenged by the film, and um, in the end I say I'm proud of my dad. Mm. I was never in his shoes. I can't even imagine being in his shoes. Mm. Uh, but I think he did the right thing. Yep. 
if he did it, because there isn't mm. conclusive no evidence. proof, a lot of circumstantial yes. evidence. Danny asked the audience in the last showing, I saw how many people think he did it, and absolutely everyone lifted up their hand. <laughs> you know, everyone. Um, it makes them feel good that someone's doing something. Yes. Uh, but it's a moral issue. Look, I, I really hit it off with the Detective John. We went to visit him. The guy is, I think, a philo-Semite. He had, like, the history of Israel. He had the biography of Moshe Dayan. Mm. He knew a lot about this stuff. And he said to me, as the film was going, I really hope your dad didn't do it because he really seems like a very decent fellow. And people speak highly of him. He was a watchmaker for 58 years in Richmond. And um, he had good relations with the police. We did repairs for everyone. Honest guy, you know, all the rest of it. I met him once at that shop in Richmond. Yeah. And what about the film with... I visit you, Sam. He got a big green uh, watch. The the, uh, the, uh, Boris's brother, also a watchmaker, had a business a block away from one of the Nazi uh, collaborators, also a watchmaker. Who, who disappeared. Who dis- <laughs> yes. There's yes, a highlight of the movie as well. We'll have to break for the hour. And I would like to thank Hugh Grinneman and Sam Green for showing showing up in the studio and telling us about the film. Life and health to everyone. Uh, th- thank you for inviting us. You're welcome. Now, we'll just break for the hour and we'll be back after 11 o'clock. Your doubtful face makes me sure complicated political system, interviews with international personalities, how we cope economically, religion and state, or on a variety of other matters that I think you would like to know about, then tune into Walter's World every Tuesday at 11 a.m. or find it on demand on the JR website. Don't miss it. Find us on Facebook. Just head to www.facebook.com dot com forward slash J Air Radio. That's two R's. J Air Radio. You are listening to J Air eighty eight FM.
Howdy folks, welcome to the second hour of 10K Radius on 88FM J-Air, Australia's only Jewish radio station and one of two or three in the Southern Hemisphere. Mendel, that was a fascinating interview with the uh, chat with Yechiel Grinneman yeah. and Sam Green. It was great to, ca- to be with the uh, two of the three brothers who were in the movie, yeah, great. Yeah. And their story is a fascinating one. If you'd like to see the movie, look up Jewish International Film Festival on the website, jiff.com.au. And the film is showing over the next two or three weeks. Now, we've got lots of other things to do here. I don't know what to do, yeah. Uh, we've, we've got uh, Yiddish history on this day. Well, we might as well go straight into that. Yeah, and there's a chance Morris may call in at some stage. He said he's, there's a slight chance. Well, but in the uh, second half of the show, we have around the shtadel some twatums. I don't think we have to go into too much detail about the Israeli... Israel war because you can see that on daily updates I wish the uh, news media would call them terrorists and not freedom fighters that would give me a lot of pleasure because terrorists are what they are but I suppose from the other point of view they are freedom fighters they're fighting for freedom from Israel doesn't yeah, one way of looking at it. Yes. But they're paid, and their families are paid, all these terrorist bandits, yes. for life after it. And, they, and it's in their law. They're described as a freedom fighter. That's how they get their funding. Yeah. <sighs> Sick, sickening, Gary. I only listen to the real news on, uh, on J.E. every morning, 8 a.m. till 9 a.m., till direct from Israel. Well... From the evening previously, and uh, that's where you get the latest updates. Khan Radio, isn't it, Gary? Khan News. K A N. Yeah. It's public radio from Israel. Mm. Uh, anyway, let's go ahead with uh, another segment. The history. On this day in Judaism. Yep. The 3rd of November equates to the 19th of Marcheshvan. And on this day, back in 1785, the earliest known Yiddish letter from America was sent from Philadelphia all the way to London. Gary? Snail mail, yeah? Yeah, would have have gone on the ship. Yeah, it would have taken several months to get there then. Anyway, Yiddish is uh, known as a colloquial mixture of German and Hebrew and came to be the spoken language of much of European Jewry. And following the influx of uh, Jewish immigrants to America, Yiddish was a language increasingly heard on the streets of New York. And in 1925, New York alone had seven daily Yiddish newspapers. That's quite a lot in those days. Probably on Delancey Street and all those. They had crossing Delancey. Yep. That was really big, the the Yiddish print there, uh, media then. And according to US, uh, the U.S. Census, census of 1940, one and three-quarter million Jews spoke Yiddish at home. Today, however, Yiddish words like, uh, like chutzpah and klutz and schmaltz and schlep 
schmuck will that have crept into mainstream English uh, usage? You hear it all the time in the states and in the movies, don't they? Um, you schmuck and less, you know. Everything's kosher. Yeah, something like that. That's a bit of interesting uh, fact back from no, uh, 1795. Now we'll have a look at some other history for this day. And while you're doing that, Gary, give a plug to the membership. We like uh, promoting membership. Oh, give a plug to the membership? Yeah. Okay, hang on. Volunteers promo, we'll do two plugs. Yep. Membership. I've got to press the button, don't I? Enjoy listening to J-Air? Support us and become a member by visiting our website, j-air.com.au. This is J-Air. We're always looking for people with an interest in radio, either presenting your own show or being on the technical side. Become a volunteer now. Head to our website at j-air.com.au. Follow the Get Involved link and click on Become a Volunteer Now. The station with the best music. Best music. Best music. I love the I music. Love the mu- best music. J Air 88 FM. Now that's a new promo. I haven't heard that one before. I uh, found it in the archives. Good. Good stuff, Gary. Uh, tonight, Erev Shabbos, the 20th of Marcheshvan, uh, quite an important date on the Chabad calendar. Back in 1860, on the 20th of Marcheshvan, the birth, it's the birthday uh, of Rabbi Sholom Dov Be'er Schneerzen. He was the fifth Chabad Rebbe. And he's, um, I think his grandfather was the Samach Tzadik. They celebrate all these birthdays of their uh, Chabad uh, leaders. That's happening tonight, the 20th of Marcheshvan. Gary, we must go back a few days to the 16th of Cheshvan which was on um, Tuesday of, of this week, Kristallnacht. Back in 1938, was happened on the 16th. I'll just go back a few days because we didn't talk the, much the about it. November. Yeah, the, uh, in the secular day, but on the Hebrew date, they oh, commemorated on the 16th of March, which was on... Tuesday of the 31st of October and we'll just uh, say a little tribute uh, about it Gary and just coincidentally I heard on the news that on that night earlier this week in Hotham Street East St Kilda you may have heard this someone went along and smashed the the bus shelters all the glass windows of six in a row apparently whether it was to they knew it was Kristallnacht or some a, a vandal. Vandal. It's hard to be because they're treating it. They're looking into it as an anti-Semitic act. Luckily, no swastikas were there, but uh, not good. The timing of it, Gary, no. not not good at all. Anyway, it's known as the Night of Broken Glass or the November program, and. Uh, 
As we know, uh, we talked about this last week. It was a, the catalyst for it was the uh, assassination of the German diplomat Ernst von Rath. Remember, we we talked about him. He was assassinated by a seventeen-year-old um, Jewish, uh, Polish, German-born uh, lad by the name of Herschel Grinspun, and they uh, used that as. Uh, as a revenge and, and uh, you know, as a scapegoat to uh, killing over 100 Jews that in one night there, they destroyed something like, uh, there's different reports of the figures, Gary, 1,600 to 1,800 uh, synagogues throughout Germany, 7,000 Jewish businesses were, were destroyed and damaged, and they arrested 30,000 Jewish men, and they were incarcerated into concentration camps. A British historian by the name of uh, Martin Gilbert. Gilbert, did you ever hear about him? He wrote a big uh, story about what happened actually between 1930. Martin the author. Yeah. British author. Yeah, Yeah, famous British author. author. He gives a big account. And um, all propaganda again, as we've got nowadays in, in current uh, Gaza. As I said, <laughs> as I said last week, the first casualty of war is the truth. Correct. That, that goes for both sides. Anyway, that's a little uh, commemoration for Crystal Nacht. Normally, they have a lot of activities ar- around Melbourne, but uh, this year it's very low key because of the uh, the crisis in the Middle East. And uh, we'll have a look at some more history for the twen- uh, the nineteenth stroke twentieth of Cheshvan. And uh, we go to the jewishvirtuallibrary.org site, Gary. I've uh, happened to stumble across this. It's got some uh, nice uh, stories here talking about the, um, the uh, on this day, Poland declared independence from Russia back in 1918 on the 3rd of uh, November. It also talks about... The previous day, the uh, back in 1917, on this day, the uh, the UK government endorsed the Balfour Declaration in 1917, a very important turning point in Jewish history. We'll go into that another time, Gary. There's a lot of talk to talk about on that one. Um, also, around this period, in 1941, the Nazis. Um, established the Belzec, B-E-L-Z-E-C, extermination camp. Did you know there were some 30,000 concentration camps? Yes, yes. 30,000? Yes, Gary. Not all death camps, but... Tortured and forced labour. People did die in them, but there was only half a dozen or so death camps. We must never forget, Gary. Uh, 30,000? Yeah. Here's a story we'll reflect on, Gary. Uh which is back in 1995, uh, on the uh, 20th of Mahesh Israeli Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin was assassinated at a rally in Tel Aviv in 1995 on this day by the chap he ended up in prison and actually marrying in prison, Yigal Amir, I think from memory, Gary. And uh, look, there was a lot of uh, debate 
And some circles said, I'll, t- I'll quote you, Gary, You're that this you. was good for the Jews because... Uh, Killing is good for the Jews. For, so that Bibi could come <laughs> into power and he was behind it. But uh, that's what some Yidin said at the time because, we, you know, there's divisions. This one doesn't like this, uh, the left or the right. And, uh, that's some Bruges. Yeah, but not to kill a fellow Jew is not on. Morality is the question here, Gary, isn't it? Well, they're, they're, they are rumours and they are mm. unsubstantiated. We shouldn't really comment on them. But no, we, we, we'll, put, we'll put the disclaimer up anyway, but that was the You want me to talk? play the disclaimer again? Yeah, you better. <laughs> Here we go. J-Air is not responsible for the views and opinions expressed by its presenters or guests. J-Air presents a wide variety of views and opinions, which is to the benefit and purpose of community radio. I'll give it a little ta as well. Yitzhak Rabin was born on the 1st of March 1922 at the uh, medical centre known as Shari Tzedek in Yerushalayim. As I mentioned, he was assassinated on the 4th of November 1995 in Tel Aviv. Um, he was a... Um, Nobel Peace Prize. Yes, Gary. He was, a, a, as we know, an Israeli politician, statesman, and general... He was the fifth Prime Minister of Israel. Uh, He served two terms in office from uh, 1974 to 1977, the first term, and from 1992 until his assassination in 1995. And he had a lot to do with Menachem Begin and um, the Palmach, the Labour movement. Gary, we'll go into a little bit of history about him. Um, as I mentioned, born uh, his parents came from Eastern Europe and was raised in a very uh, staunch Labour Zionist household. He learned agriculture in school and excelled as a student. He led a 27-year-old year career as a soldier and ultimately attained the rank of Rav Aluf. As a as a teenager, he joined the Palmach, as I just previously mentioned, the commando force of the Yishuv. He eventually rose through the ranks and became its chief of operations during the 1948 Arab-Israeli War. He joined the newly formed Israeli Defense Forces in the late in late 1948 and continued to rise as a promising officer. He helped shape the uh, training doctrine of the IDF in the early 50s and led the IDF's operations directorate from 1959 to 1963. He was appointed chief of the general staff in 1964 and oversaw Israel's great victory in the 1967 Six-Day War. He served as Israel's ambassador to the United States from uh, 1968 to 1973 during a period of deepening U.S.-Israel ties. He was appointed Prime Minister of Israel for the first time in 1974 after the resignation of Golda Meir. 
Zichron Labrachas Zukma Gary, may her memory be a blessing. And in his first term, Rabin signed the Sinai Interim Agreement and ordered the Entebbe raid with that bandit. <laughs> Another one in uh, Uganda. Idi Amin, yeah. World's most amazing man. Oh. He resigned, uh, Rabin resigned in 1977 in the wake of a financial scandal and he was uh, Israel's Minister of Defence for much of the 1980s, including during the outbreak of the first in, 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 Intifada. Intifada, yeah. yeah. In 1992, he was re-elected as Prime Minister on a platform embracing the Israeli-Palestinian peace process. He signed the uh, he signed actually several historic agreements with the Palestinian leadership as part of the Oslo Accords, and in 1994 Yitzhak Rabin won the Nobel Peace Prize together with longtime political rival Shimon Peres and Arafat. Rabin also signed a peace treaty with Jordan in 1994. The assassination came with that extremist, uh, as we mentioned, Yigal Amir, who opposed the terms of the Oslo Accords. Amir was convicted of the murder. He's uh, in life imprisonment at the moment. And just an interesting fact to sum it all up, Yitzhak Rabin was the first native-born Prime Minister of Israel and the only Prime Minister to be assassinated and the second to die in office after Levi Eshkol. Rabin has become a symbol of the Israeli-Palestinian peace process. We recall him today on 10K Radius, Gary. And he was... uh, a big uh, macher. You go through his uh, profile there, especially with the Nobel Peace Prize and uh, Labour Party leadership and uh, Minister of Defence, opposition Knesset me- member for for some um, oh, seven, eight years, ambassador to the United States and the Palmach, early military history. Kol HaKavot to him, a Gary. Great, a great service history to the a Jewish people. Great statesman. And to, tomorrow, uh, tonight we uh, commemorate uh, that tragic event. How many years ago? 28 years ago, Gary. Uh, don't ask me to answer. <laughs> We're no good at arithmetic on this show. No, That's not. it um, for Yiddish history on this day. Let's have a little bit of Yiddish music. Chaba Alpestein, the gypsy and his fiddle. I've not heard this one, but here we go. Ich bin a 
with the best listening to 10k radius every Friday from 10 till noon with it's brought to you by MGM productions Macy Mendel Gabriel I'm in Macy's chair today you're in the hot seat <laughs> well we miss his twatum he'll be back next week Maishi if you're listening Shabbat Shalom to you and the whole Mishpacha and family and Einiklach and, and uh, I don't think you'll have time to ring in but we'll see you well Mark Block is cool <laughs> anyway he's busy he's busy with Geschäften and yes. let him have a lot of muzzle I was going to tell a couple of jokes but the um, website that I source joke, Jewish jokes from is 
Jewish humour on Facebook, which has about 240,000 members, 224,000 members, and was formed in uh, 7th of August 2014. Now, I've noticed something, Gary, on that Facebook. They haven't been uh, posting them during the, the Middle East crisis. Exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. They're, they're There's none up there. hasn't been for, for, for four weeks. Sunday will be... Tomorrow actually is four weeks since October 7th massacre. I guess fighting for your life is no laughing matter. Mm, but it does brighten it up. We, have to, we can't... Uh, we've got to celebrate something on Shabbos, you know. Nice bit of... Verbringen, a stickler herring, so in Yiddish. Yeah. Yeah, well... Um, no, it's, you're right, Gary. There's no joke. You can go to another site. Uh, I'll try some... There's one other site for uh, politically incorrect. Mm-hmm. Jewish humour and shtick for the politically incorrect. Well, while you're looking that up, Gary, let's give a shout out to the great organisation, Beit Raphael, 0421408522, hospital accommodation as well at uh, Monash, Clayton, Cabrini, Malvern, the Royal Children's and Royal Women's in North Melbourne there, uh, and also the Alfred Hospital just down the road here in Paran, and Beit Raphael. They're here for you. Beit Raphael, Bikur Chulim. The number to ring is 0421408522. A great community service. And don't forget, they've got wheelchairs to hire and uh, uh, AIDS, all medical AIDS, if you need them, and they have uh, a great bunch of volunteers going out to people there of Shabbos, giving out Shabbos packs and cheering the sick up, and that's what it's all about. Rafua Shalema to all our sick people out there, Gary, who might be recuperating or going through uh, an uh, 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 upcoming operation. Whatever. Good health, we wish them all. Yes, I echo your sentiments. Thank you, Gary. Any Vitzen? You got one? Uh, I think this is from the Jewish Humour Politically Incorrect website. I'm not sure how far I can get into this (laughs) joke. (laughs) Disclaimer again, no problem. Top contributor by Alan Claw, K-L-O-O-R, is feeling crazy, it says, two hours ago. How can you get your wife to laughter... In just three questions. Do I go to work every day for you to pay the bills? Yes. Do I fix anything in the home that's needed to be repaired? Yes, dear. I'm the boss of this house. Ha, 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 ha. I don't think I'm laughing at that joke. Must be a beaten husband (laughs) under the thumb. Yeah. Again, on this website... On Facebook, it has uh, many items that are not funny. Some are disgusting, not politically correct at all. That's why it's called politically Jewish humour for the politically incorrect. Jewish humour and shtick for the politically incorrect has 8,100 members. It's a private group, and I'm a member of it. <laughs> Have you got any jokes, Mendel? Not jokes, but on a happier note, yes. we're, we're in the Melbourne Cup Carnival, Hag Hasusim. Oh, that's nice. Kicking off tomorrow with uh, Derby Day, Gary. Always a big event 
to for Cup Week, which is a long weekend for a lot of people. They have Monday and Tuesday off now. Some of the firms give them that extra day. Mm. Makes sense, doesn't it? Four-day weekend. Nice weather. You go. You haven't mentioned the weather today, Gary. No, I haven't. I better t- correct you. Yeah, well, you d- we'll have a look oh. at that. Get the weather for the uh, for Shabbos and for the for Cup Day. We need a bit of uh, forecast there for the Tuesday's big race. But tomorrow is one of the best race meetings of the year. It's better than Cup Day, Gary. Derby Day. They dress up in black and white, you know, Oscar Pitts. You know, you put your top hat and tails on years ago, actually. Black and white day, they describe it. A bit different nowadays. The young ones just, uh, they come naked nearly, you know, in a little dress. And the guys don't even wear a tie. It's all, all young people. <laughs> and uh, there's five group group races tomorrow, including the group one uh, Victoria Derby tomorrow. At Flemington, the headquarters, uh, 4.20 p.m. The race, Gary, over 2,500 metres, Group 1. And uh, I was just looking back at some of the uh, past winners, and I mentioned one the other day, Polanski, remember? Roman Polanski. Polanski was a winner back in 2013, 10 years ago. Interesting winner a couple of years ago was... um, Kibbutz, there's a name and bet we should have. That was 16 years ago, 2007. I, I remember that. And a part owned by the late Michael Gadinsky. Oh. Um, last year, a horse called Manz, Manzois won, M-A-N-Z-O-I-C-E. Oh, this is one that was history a few years ago. Johnny Get Angry. A, a bolter, a rough, an outsider one, trained by the ex-coach. Uh, um, he used to coach North Melbourne, Dennis Pagan. Pagan yeah. yeah, he turned horse trainer after doing a stint as a real estate agent for a number of years, I believe. I think he's back in real estate now. Yeah, he couldn't get another good winner after that. Johnny Get Angry won the race three years ago. And I think he was at Bolter odds, 66 to 1 or something, Gary. Yeah. He got up. And that we haven't heard much about him anymore, Dennis I, Pagan. I hear Pagan on the SEN radio every now and then, commentating yeah. on North Melbourne particularly. Mm, good play. He was a good footballer also, I think, for Carlton in his early days. Anyway, looking for some bets tomorrow, Gary, in the Victoria Derby. A very hard race. Apulia. I'll, I'll tell you what the weather's going to be like. Good. It'll give you an idea what the track will be like. At the moment in Melbourne, it's 14 degrees with an 11 kilometre an hour south-southeast wind and we're heading for a cloudy maximum of 17. Tomorrow, minimum of 11 overnight and a maximum of 18 and a slight chance of rain, 5%. And there'll be... Southerly winds at 20 to 30 kilometres an hour, turning southeasterly in the late evening. So you're going to have a pleasant day of 18. Mm, nice. Still and goosebumps for the ladies in the plastic dresses. <laughs> the mornings are cold, Gary. This well, time of year. quite cool yeah, today. Yeah. Eight, well, ten degrees most mornings. And Cup Day, what are they saying for Tuesday? Tuesday. Oh. Mostly sunny, minimum 15, maximum 29. Ooh, that's, that's, yeah. Chance of rain, 30%. Mm-hmm. That'll take the edge off the track, but... Yeah. A, a chance of one millimetre of rain. Medium chance of showers in the north 
and east. Slight chance elsewhere, so I doubt whether it'll rain. Okay. Mind you, you can't tell with Melbourne weather. No, you can't. Gary, tomorrow's Victoria Derby, as I mentioned, at 4.20pm. Big race. I think $2 million uh, prize money to be to be split up. It's a hard race to get any. The top weight, Apulia, $3.80. That's about, uh, what's that in the old figures? 11 to 4, Gary. Not much value, is it? Three dollars eighty for a if dollar. It, if it wins, it's good value. Yeah, but you have to convi- combine it with some. You got Verdad number two, eight dollars. Air Assault sixteen dollars. There you go. That's for the all our Israeli <laughs> paratroopers and jet fighters, eh? Air Assault sixteen dollars. Number three, Riff Rocket is the favourite. There you go. Another two dollars thirty-five. Slim odds. Gee, that's that's tight, isn't it, Gary? Is the derby for stallions or...? Three-year-olds. Just three-year-olds in general? Yeah. So it could be a filly could win or a stallion? Yeah, as far as I remember. Or a colt? Yep. Uh, and then a lot of these other horses are at long odds, $71, $26. A horse called Gates at $13. Gates alone. <laughs> uh, gold Bullion, $26. Look, I look at this market, Gary, and you've got $2.35, first favourite, second favourite, $3.80. There's no value. So I would be looking at something like Sunsets at $12, back at each way, number five in the derby. Although that barrier may not help it, but he's a good jockey. Johnny Allen, barrier 16. Okay, you never know. It's the over 2,400 metres. 2,500, yeah. 25. And, it's a uh, bit of a schlep. It is. Premier three-year-old for stayers, Gary? I hear uh, on the sports radio channel the racing commentators saying that Melbourne is slowly losing its grip on being mm. number one in horse racing. Correct. Sydney's case. taking over with that huge, the richest race in the world, the, the Everest. The Everest. Yeah, that kills them. Ten million, I think, prize money there. There are other races that are worth a lot of money yeah. too. Instead. Yeah, they've got to do something about it or else they'll lose the, the young ones go just to party and drink. That's all they go for, you know. Anyway, that, that derby's for three-year-old stayers uh, at uh, tomorrow and um, group one, as I mentioned, set weights for three-year-olds. Yep, And we'll have the cup on Tuesday and then they have uh, Ladies' Day, the Oaks, is the cup field is not finalised? No, yet. not until the last race, after the last race tomorrow. And uh, so we'll see how I go, Gary, with that each way bet. Number five in the derby, sunsets. Sunrise, sunset. sunset. <laughs> uh, there's the Yiddish connection. Yeah, hug, 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 Gary, let's talk about uh, Yiddish uh, horse racing phrases and words that I had a th- I, I wrote some down for you I'll see how you can how you go with these Zolzan mit Glick go with luck good luck yeah spot on Gary next one I have is um, Gesund or Gesund via Fade <laughs> have your health like a horse strong as a horse strong as an ox they say also Gesund oh. Via feed, f e r d feed is the word Fed, for horses, yeah, and in um, in Ivrit it's uh, susim. <laughs> ah, here's one, Gary. 
Farfallen. F-A-R-F-O-L-E-N. One word it translates as Farfallen in Yiddish means lost. Uh, like Fablongen. Yeah, but some American Jews say lost is uh, I was going to say like falling over. Yeah. Similar. It's similar. Uh, here's one. Verloren de Huysen. <laughs> lost the trousers. Yeah, you lost your pants on a, on a, on a donkey, they would say. Here's one. My, my late fa- father, Oliver Shalom, who'd like to have a punt on the Caulfield and Melbourne Cup. Weishpit feit is in dreit. That was his long-term prediction. Say it again. Weishpit feit is in dreit. Who plays on the horses ends up in hell. Yeah, or down under. Down under. Buried, yep. And he used to come out with this expression. Maxi, gay step is stellen off and cup. Gay zen tap. Und stell each way finif dollar for eine epis for his saint to eins or twelve to eins. You know what he was talking about? Go and put an each way bet on. On the cup. Or he's asking me, am I going to the TAB to put a bet on the cup? And if, if I do go, put something five each way. At 10 to 1 or 12 to 1. He wanted a bit of value, yeah, <laughs> my old man. <laughs> yeah. They came up with some expressions. My Libertata hat ständig gesucht, dus tit machen krank, the gambling. Gambling is nicht git. Blois zwei molten jue, for the cups is git. You know what he was saying? Gambling in general is not good for you, but once or twice a year on the cup is yeah. okay. Celebrate, get into the spirit of yeah. the thing. It's it's cup week, you know. The last the last horse I can remember having a bet on was Sailmaker at Mooney Valley. Really? Someone tipped me Sailmaker. It was about forty years ago. Did it win? Twelve to one. Oh, beautiful. I had a fiver on it. Oh, that was a lot of money yeah. back then. And you used to like the odd quaddy, uh, where you take you don't have to spend much. You take multiples in each leg, yeah. and you get a p- p- percentage of the uh, dividend. You, used to, you had a couple there. Once you told me, Gary, you you didn't put this on. Your address yes. <laughs> came up in a quaddy. Your actual no, numbers in, the first in order, four. and it in paid the how much? I mean, oh, about twenty grand. <laughs> It's ya. It's yeah, ya. let's play <laughs> let's play a song now. Good idea, Gary. Brave Old World with the song Keshenev. Ooh, yes. <laughs> Thank you. 
That song would go for so long. It's five minutes fifty. Oh, it's a labour dick. Could have a cup of tea and a hamburger. <laughs> Good for Jewish uh, weddings for a Hasidish chassana that they would play that sort of music at. Yeah, yes. get you up and dancing. Yep. It'll uh, ease the cake around the hips. Yeah, type dance. Yeah, um, we were talking about the Melbourne Cup just before and the. Victoria Derby. The Derby and the Melbourne oh. Racing Carnival, the Victoria... What is Spring Racing Carnival. Yeah, Melbourne Cup Carnival, yeah. If you're, if you're, you or someone you know is being affected by gambling, talk to others who have walked in your shoes. Uh, the Jewish Gamblers Anonymous. And if you'd like some more information about it, it's Menachem on 0407-858-585. Jewish Gamblers Anonymous, Menachem, 0407-858-585. Very helpful. Yep. They, they Don't be afraid. Correct, Gary. And have you noticed all the commercials with these betting companies, Ladbrokes and Sportsbet and Neds? They have yeah. this disclaimer straight away. Yes. Uh, just think about what you could buy instead of putting a bet on a fataler. <laughs> it, exactly. It's very true. They yeah, have exactly. to buy law now. Exactly. Well, they had another one before, and mm. I can't remember what it was, but it didn't make much sense. Mm. Oh, re- gamble responsibly. Yeah, that's nothing. Good. So if you're a mil- multimillionaire, you can bet 500000 yeah. If you're a poor sod in the back streets of Footscray, you can, uh, you can only bet $0.20. Cents. Yeah, that's right. Time for Around the Shtetl, Gary. 
I will tell listeners what a few uh, activities happening around town. It's 11.47 and you're listening to J-Air through the means of 10K radius every Friday at 10 till noon. We'll tell listeners also, don't forget any uh, anti-Semitic incident or racism incident, please report it direct to the CSG. Phone number is 1300 274 or get that Jeep, get that app onto your phone, G-E-A-P. You can download that and just click on that app. Very important service, and they do a great job. CSG, 1300-000-274. And Hatsola, Gary, is for you to give him a, a shout-out. Hatsola, here we go, Gary. In a medical emergency call, 1-800-613-613. Very important number. And they do a fantastic if job. If you're having a medical emergency, call the ambulance first, then call her at Sola immediately afterwards. Yep. Nine times out of ten, they'll beat the ambulance to the scene. They will. Great community. First responders are very good, important. Volunteers, as as we all are. And don't forget Kosher Meals on Wheels. Been going for some 52 year, 53 years now. Cole Huckavod to them, 0474. Two one five double nine six, or you can order direct on their website, koshermealsonwheels.org.au. I'll repeat their phone number, zero four seven four two one five double nine six. Big shout out to Tiffany, and also Kay. They do a fantastic job co- coordinating all the uh, deliveries and and getting all the orders. To you, so if you're sick at home or in the hospital, you want kosher meals delivered direct, or or you don't feel like cooking, give them a ring and you mm-hmm. get a meal de- delivered direct to your home. And uh, kosher meals on wheels is the way to go. Zero four seven four two one five double nine six. Gary, there's a big event coming up. Uh, actually, next Thursday, which will be the 9th of November. One of our great Yiddish comedians. He's been out there for a long time. Ostentatious. What's his famous line? Put another thing on the barbie. Another shrimp? Goanna or something. Something. (laughs) No, that was... uh, that, that was, was Paul, uh, Paul Hogan. Hogan. That one. He's something. Another shrimp on the. Goanna. He talks about a lot in his uh, in the old lines. Ostentatious is appearing next. Goanna. Goanna. Yeah. As in, uh, hurry up, Anna. Yeah. He's a he's a legend. Anyway, eight p.m. next Thursday evening, the 9th of November, at the Oakley uh, RSL in Drummond Street, Oakley, 40th anniversary of his um, Australiana. <laughs> tour he's doing he's, he's travelling all around Australia but only one Melbourne show this coming Thursday the 9th of November 8 o'clock here's the phone number for your bookings 0487 958 338 Sandy what's his surname? Goodman. Sandy Goodman, yeah Alexander Jacob Goodman ostentatious he's oh. made a lot of guilt on the comedy circuit he's very clever and he's very passionate in his support of israel he is too and he was he a solicitor at one stage or oh, did a law degree i'm looking him up as we speak he yeah. was born in new york city wow yeah in 1954 and he's a bit younger than us yes 
Everyone is. <laughs> Sandy Goodman, maybe you're listening. We want some tickets. We can give them out as a prize on 10K Rodius. Anyway, 9th of November, 8pm, Oakley RSL in Drummond Street, Oakley. Next event to talk about, Gary, is this Shabbos. Commencing tonight and going into tomorrow as well. Solidarity with Israel at the Q Synagogue, led by Rabbi and Hassan Shmuley Feldman. He's been a guest on the lives of others in our studio a couple of months ago. This is the monthly Shabbaton at Q Shul, and commencing tonight, 6:15 p.m. with Kabbalat Shabbat. And followed by community Israeli-themed dinner. All welcome, no charge, Gary. And also tomorrow morning, Shacharit commences at 9.30am. Again, followed by community Israeli-themed lunch around about 11.30am, give or take, you know, Jewish mean time. Could be 12 o'clock. In Q Synagogue, no charge. Come along and support this great synagogue and a fantastic uh, chazan in Rabbi Shmuley Feldman, uh, grandson of the late uh, Rabbi Chaim Gutnik Oliver Shalom. Great a, chap. I got a uh, community uh, event from Kathy Kaplan. Yes. Can I just give out the phone number for Q yeah. because they want to know for catering purposes who's coming and for security as well. We've got full security on board there tomorrow. 9853 9243 direct to the office tell them who's coming along and register yourself either come to the friday night one or come to both shabbos morning 9 30 a.m tonight 6 15 p.m uh kathy has sent me an, an information bulletin about progressive communities across australia asia and new zealand coming together to remember israeli lives lost for shloshim 30 days since the October mm. 7th massacre. Mm. So they're inviting people to light yardside candles on Monday, 6th of November. If you'd like to find out more or email your photograph of a yardside candle, you can send it to admin at pjv.org.au. That's what it all, it's all about this weekend, solidarity with Israel, Gary. And I think there hasn't been much publicity about it. The Shabbos, Shabbat project is on this weekend worldwide, but on a lower, in a lower key and on, you know, not much has been advertised about it, but it is taking place, I believe, this weekend. Maybe you can look that up in a second for us just to confirm it. Okay. Anyway, we'll talk Torah now, Gary. Uh, Tukkan Torah, Aussie style, because the parasha tomorrow is Vayera. And candle lighting is 7.38 this evening and Havdalah is 8.40. I checked, it wasn't 8.30 as I said before. And the parasha of the week is Vayera. Vayera, Vayera Elohashem. And you've got about two minutes. Yeah, the Lord appeared to him. Vayera means a, appeared to Abraham. And uh, talks about the life of Abraham, who pioneered the beginnings of Judaism about 3,850 years ago, Gary. And it talks about, um, we'll just go briefly, a couple of the points that talks about um, 
the greatness of uh, Avraham Avinu, our forefather, the very first Jew. And in, through Ab- Abraham's uh, service, um, God's name was made known throughout the world and many people were brought to believe in him. And the Torah states there, and Abraham planted an Aishel, literally a grove or a tamaransk tree in Beersheba, and called there in the name of God. And the Torah specifically mentions Abraham's planting of the Aishel, as this was considered a very great deed and a unique accomplishment. And the Midrash explains that an Aishel is more than just a stand of trees under which uh, wayfarers may find protection from the burning sun. And Eshel is an inn, a place of lodging, and Avraham Avinu established in Beresheva, this uh, first inn, Gary, hospitality man he was, in the heat of the desert to cater for the travellers in that uh, inhospitable Climate they talk about in the in in inhospitable area. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Gary. Um, we talk about in this Cedra Brit Miller. Six laws were given um, in the time up until Adam, and the seventh uh, law was given to Noah. But the first law given to us is the commandment to circumcise. Avraham circumcised him himself at the age of 99 it's mentioned in this sedra that would have made his eyes water <laughs> oh yeah and then comes the one of the ten trials of Avraham's mentioned in this uh, sedra the Akeda. Uh, uh, Avraham's testing God the hardest test of his life he's asked to offer up his uh, beloved son Yitzchak to God Avraham is prepared to carry out God's will but at the last moment, as Isaac lies bound on the altar at the top of a mountain in the land of Moriah to be sacrificed as a burnt offering, God makes it known to Abraham that he does not want a human sacrifice and Isaac is saved. Here then, at the beginnings of Yiddishkeit, it is made clear that our faith is different from the other ancient religions in which human sacrifice was commonly practiced. That's about it in a nutshell. Talks about the destruction of um, Sodom and Gomorrah. The destruction of Sodom. God tell Abraham that he was about to destroy the city as a uh, punishment for its evil behavior. Let's uh, to look into tonight and talk about around the Shabbos table, Gary. Okay. Thank you for listening, everyone. This has been 10K Radius. Minus Morris. Mm. Morris Minor. Don't forget solidarity for Israel this weekend, as uh, we mentioned, 30 days. events. Yeah. Show your support. On main. And this program is dedicated to the 6 million who cannot tell their story today. This has been 10K Radius. Thank you for listening. <laughs>